When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Worlds Collide, the wrestling card podcast for wrestling fans by wrestling fans, featuring Tony Bella from WrestlingTradingCards.com. This is like a, a stock market. Like- and Zan Morning from Wrestling With Cards on YouTube. And I'm not saying there's a right or wrong answer, I'm just posing the question. Join them as they navigate the world of wrestling cards, helping you build a bigger and better collection and making some money along the way. What's up, wrestling fans, trading card collectors? Back again, another week, another episode. Yes, that's right. Two weeks in a row, we did it. We deserve a participation trophy for putting out content when we say we're going to. But today, we've got yet another requested video. Somebody reached out a while ago again. Don't have a name. My bad. They wanted to hear all... We're really bad at that, aren't we? We're we're bad at a lot of things. We're 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 horrible wrestling card fans. We don't even know what we're talking about with these cards. We are the indie circuit of podcasting for wrestling cards. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Uh, We're going to talk today about comic images. We had a request to talk about that. I know Tony is a wealth of knowledge, even though he will maybe deny that. Maybe he'll admit it. We don't know. We'll find out. About the background of this company and the sets that are put out. So what we're going to do is do a quick background on comic images. Who are they? What do they do? And then we're going to run through the sets very quickly, maybe list key cards in the set, something you want to look for, something that's interesting, some interesting notes or promos or anything like that. So, Tony, I'm kind of guiding the ship, but you're the one that's got all the information. So I got I got no notes, man. I'm going to wing this one big time. What can you tell us about a brief history of comic images as a company and what they do? Well, first off, I'll. I'm going to plug my my own show on this one. I not too long ago, uh, I interviewed yep. Alan Gordon, who was the president and CEO for Comic Images. It was really nice to chat with him again. It'd been a long time since uh, we chatted. I tracked him down. Took about about a year to finally get our schedules connected. And so he's a very busy guy, and um, I was just honored to have him on and and talk about it. And you know, uh, the origins of that and them getting in the trading card business was actually predated before even before Alan even got involved with comic images, he was brought in, he was working for Marvel at the time, uh, which I, you know, again, I, I recommend go and check out that interview. Um, he kind of gives uh, the, uh, the background of how uh, it was started really. And, and, um, and his involvement with it, but you know, he got brought over there to uh, help to, uh, direct that, that ship. And they had a lot of uh, oddball licenses, um, uh, you know, some artists, you know, like uh, Jennifer Janesco and Olivia, they had like, I think Conan and um, they had, uh, you know, some some different non-sport licenses. Um, and they were doing things in conjunction with a company called Duo Cards. So uh, Duo Cards and, and Comic Games, I think, if I'm not mistaken, they were a, a toy business to begin with. They started doing toys okay. um, and then kind of gravitated into cards at some point in time. But by the time, you know, Alan jumped on board, uh, he brought over a lot of knowledge uh, in the marketing stand, uh, standpoint when it came to um, uh, uh, doing some business with picking up new licenses. And one of those licenses was the WWF back in uh, in 98. 
So yeah, make sure um, go check out on the WTC YouTube channel the interview that Tony did with him. A lot of um, I would say more business background, how this all came to be, kind of thing, which I always find interesting. I love that video. So to my knowledge, 1998 is the first set of cards that they put out with the WWF, and I think yeah. it does confuse people because of the comic images duo cards slash superstars. How how do we actually refer to this first set as? Like, what is the proper way to go about it? WTC has it listed accurately. It is actually uh, by Comic Images slash Dual Cards. I mean, it was a joint venture between those two, and then I, it was sort of like a subsidiary of of uh, Comic Images, basically. And the the set is called Superstars with a Z, yeah, even correct. though most people refer to it as the Comic Images set. Yeah, it's actually called WWE, uh, WWF Superstars with a Z, which was you know, very common. Deadly Boys, Hardy yeah. Boys. Had to be edgy like in the late 90s, right? It had, had to, which is exactly what we talked about in yep. that interview, too, about that we talked about that. <laughs> um, but to me, personally, to me, and I I, I mean, I, I would hope that people will chime in on this conversation. Uh, I, I believe that the 1998 Superstar set is what ushered in the modern era of cards, of wrestling cards. Um uh, I don't care. We can go back and someone can probably do the homework and, and can uh, figure this stuff out. But what came out first? Was it Topps WCW, you know, Series mm-hmm. 1? Or was it the Superstar set? I'm going to tell you, I, I think it was a Superstar set um, only because that's what caught my eye first. I didn't even hear about, uh, from a small company like Comic Images, I had not heard about a WCW set coming out by Topps at the time. I had heard about superstars mm-hmm. um, from whatever publication I, I read it. It could have been probably like a, a, a tough stuff or could have been a Beckett or who knows at that time. But um, uh, that to me is what brought in, ushered in was the, the doorway to modern era of cards, of wrestling cards, because we hadn't really had any major releases of anything. Uh, you know, you had the classic of 90, yep. you had like, you know, uh, uh, the action main event, pack. you know, action pack in 94, 95, you had WCW cards in 95, you had, you had some sprinkles here and there, but now we have a, a, a company that has a license that's intention was to put out annual, sometimes more than one set per year, and was also involved in not just not your traditional uh, uh, trading card releases where you find hobby boxes and hobby stores and retail packs and, and your retail stores. You would also find things that they had, they dabbled into like, Hey, we're in the plush toy business. Let's go ahead and throw mm-hmm. some trading cards in our, in our, like in our plush toys and our definitely going to touch our, on that one. Our banner bears, which is again, something I just discovered. Like I just discovered that recently, like nobody had it. There's no other websites were talking about it. No other, nobody on, you know, you go on eBay and they're pushing the toy. It's like and buried in there's like, Oh, it comes with a trading card. Like, what? And I just discovered it by buying some collection recently. And yep. I've got five of the seven cards that came out in that set. Um, so you're always learning. That's what's so cool about the hobby. You're always learning new things. Even though you think you know everything about a particular release, you still learn new things. Um, but that's that's just kind of where things sort of started. You know, that superstar set, which is now become kind of a landmark set, especially for a lot of collectors, based on what I'm sure we're going to talk about next. What's the key cards in this set for you? Like what, if you're looking at this set and somebody's just wanting to pick up some singles, what are you going to look at? I mean, you're obviously going to be looking at, uh, if just from the base cards standpoint that you're looking at. Anything. Well, I mean, obviously the base, there's, the, there's the, there's the big one we'll talk about, but. Sure. I mean, the base card, I mean, you're looking at card six and looking at, you know, card eight. Those are your two uh, big cards from that set. 
which is going to be, you know, the Stone Cold Steve Austin card number six, and you're going to have uh, the Rock card number eight. Um, those are the ones that I think that most people went and sent in to get graded. Now, those guys are featured again on a couple more cards in that set, um, uh, 11 and 15, I think it is. Um, uh, and, and those are great cards, too. Um, but I think some other cards in this set get overlooked that I like a lot. I mean, um, Mr. McMahon, yeah, uh, you know, isn't that set? Uh, you've got, you know, you got a character that's got three cards in a row. Mankind, Dude Love, and Cactus Jack, man, are all is that is in there? Uh, you got, you know, early years of Sable, early years of, you know, you have, uh, you know, I mean, even though there's something in the mid nineties of Owen Hart's like that from uh, the Merlin sets, but you know, here's a uh, domestic released uh, cassette with Owen Hart. You got uh, China DX, you know, triple. I mean, there's a lot of great cards in this set, just from a base set standpoint. Thick cards, which Comic Images was kind of known for, was doing those yep. thick, you know, uh, like I think they're like eighteen point. If Full not, bleed uh, and and no borders, which I loved. I thought the photography yeah, which, worked really well. Which makes it really hard to get these things great if you're into grading. Yep. It makes it really hard because uh, a lot of chipping uh, on both the front and back will will hurt you in your in your in your 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 rating your your score. Uh, but there's a lot of great stuff in here. I mean, they even had a section in the set, like a subset called rookies with a yep. Z, of course. Of course. <laughs> Uh, rookies with tubes. Yep. Um, and so I had like a little small section in there of like, you know, these rookie cards uh, for Edge and, and uh, I think I want to say like maybe Val Venus in there too. So, um, and then you had, you know, your factions and then you had, uh, you know, some uh, combo tag teams like that. And then, um, and that was basically, it's a small set, 72 card set, no parallels, just a fun, great introduction um, I think the card set itself with the images it used, the design, the, like you said, full bleeds, I think it captures that era of wrestling perfectly too. Yep. Um, the backs with the writing on it, um, I know it was uh, proofread by a gentleman named Ron Ferrari. He was kind of the, the guy with comic images that was sort of the editor for all of their stuff. Um, and he was like my point guy more than Alan was. I mean, I, I'd meet Alan uh, at every at conventions. And I very rarely talked to him on the phone, but my point guy at the time was a gentleman named Ron Ferrari, who was instrumental in providing information about uh, all their cards. And we're talking 1998 when I was really started doing homework on wrestling cards and getting checklists put together. Um, uh, and this was a set that really catapulted WTC uh, to become what it was, uh, what it is. Um, and then you got, you know, your Omnichrome cards in this set. You had six cards that were, from the hobby, and then you had two retail bonus cards. Uh, and that's all it was. It was a very simple set. Base set, some Omnichrome. That was it, as far as like the base level went. Nothing fancy. The autographs, I think, are what... Uh, it's very similar to the WCW era of the same releases. The autographs seem to be what people gravitate to. The Rock being the big one. But then yep. there's all these stories about what's official, what's not, you know, what yeah. came that says it's an autograph and not signed, what was signed, but doesn't say it's an autograph officially. There's all that stuff. So I think that's as far as a chase card, other than the, the numbered base cards that were not numbered as in parallels, but yep. the, uh, let's see, number six and number eight and number 15, those seem to be the ones I see people really go after. But outside yep. of that, those autographs, no matter who it is, obviously the rock. But those other ones, people are chasing too. So anything you want to touch on real quick on the autographs before we move on? I mean, it's, I think it's going to be one of those mysteries um, up in, until I can get Ron to talk about it. I've been trying to reach out to him for the past year and a half. 
Um, I don't know if he has any interest in talking about those days, but, you know, he's the one main guy that would know more than anybody else in that company. I mean, you have Alan and Hank who ran the company. Uh, they, you know, they, they, they were the business end. You know, those the guys, you know, securing licensings and, and strategizing on how they're going to market their products. But the guy who was, you know, kind of touched everything, like all the cards was Ron. And, and, and until we can talk to him and hopefully his memory is still there. <laughs> Uh, to help us understand, like, you know, do you remember these cards going through your hands? Do you remember these cards being produced and put out there that never got returned? But, you know, we've, WTC has done a pretty decent job over the years of, of keeping track of some of those things. And uh, the understanding was there were supposed to be 20 autographs, only 11 people returned their cards, but we've got a, a handful of six or so people that, you know, we found on the secondary market that never turned their cards back in that are, they're the, the real deal, they're the real cards that just got signed you know, after the fact. Um, but, you know, it's a great list of people there, man. Mankind, yeah. Owen Hart, China, uh, you know, obviously The Rock, Paul Bearer, Sable. It's, it's, it's a great list. I mean, and you have to think that even though we've had, we've discovered like Undertaker and Shamrock and Animal, um, X-Pac, you got to think they probably sent something out to Stone Cold. They must have sent something out you to You would think. And so- I've got to assume, and that's all it is, is an assumption that there's got to be somewhere out there. There's these unsigned Stone Cold Steve Austin cards, which would have been, you know, his early, one of his earliest cards, although he's allegedly supposed to be part of the WCW card set. Um, mm -hmm. But it would be like if he doesn't exist in those, and this would be his first autograph card, then, official autograph right. card. All right, moving on to 99. We're going to hit a couple of oddball things really quick. Is there anything else in 1998 we missed? I'm using the WTC website, of course, because that's your best resource for all wrestling trading cards information. And we're going in order. Is there anything from 98 that we did not cover? Not top of my it. head. Okay, mm -hmm. going to cover a couple of random ones. Starting off 1999, WrestleMania Live photo cards. To my knowledge, uh, these are more like postcards, bigger size. I think the images are cool, but I just don't think from a size perspective, it's hard to get people to get into those when they're used to standard trading card sizes. Yeah, so, and that's uh, how I felt. Okay, so we'll just go ahead and move on from those. You know, if you want to collect those, I think they're cool images. It's just the but size, here's, the here's size you got to get over. That. A couple of points on that, by the way. So one, this came out after um, after obviously Superstars. And I, and I think, I want to say... I don't remember if this came out before or after the original SmackDown set. Um, uh, again, that's something that uh, I have to go back and do a little bit of homework and find out about, but um, it was kind of a letdown for me because again, not trading card size or postcards, although it did have a cool, you know, it would have been cool for those. If they had like random autographs on those postcard sizes. That would have been really yeah. cool. Something like that. I bet they, they would were, be they, really cool sign too. If you went, took them out now. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. 100% they would look really nice, but they had a cool like six card gold foil stamp uh, chase set on that. That was kind of cool. And then people don't realize, I think they were, you know, hey, there was two promo cards. Something that Comic Images did for all their sets, by the way, they put out promo cards for a lot of yeah. stuff. So that Superstar set had a four card promo set. Um, even their stuff like they put out for, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, SmackDown. I mean, they all had promo cards. Yeah. All right. Well, the other kind of random 1999, we already talked about the Attitude Bears. And yep. I found these several years ago. And especially when I found out that the same rock card number eight, I believe, is mm -hmm. in this set. And the difference is it's uh, thinner card stock and yep. the, the back is different. It says something yes. totally different on the back. 
Some people will argue that, well, this isn't technically the Rock's rookie card because it's in 1999 and not 1998. I don't really care because it's the Rock and it's the same card design. But I was thinking I bought I bought a bunch of these bears up just to get the cards out. And I was thinking, like, nobody is looking at these. And you you yourself said you didn't discover them until more recently. So anything you want to touch on on these bears with the cards inside? I think they're cool. Um, I I did a lot of homework on it. When I go into these checklists, I, I do love the research process. Um, and I end up going down the rabbit hole on some of these things. And, uh, you know, it reminds me of, if I do it now, which, you know, time permitting, um, it reminds me of early days of doing stuff when there was nothing out there to figure out or, or nothing to give me information and doing my own homework and trying to talk to people and find out things. I have a lot of fun doing that. So going through this set, you know, discovering that there were different series of of these uh, uh, attitude bears they put out, and these were only available in one of those series there were eight different uh, attitude bears that made up that series. Stone Cold had two uh, different ones. And then there was, you know, uh, um, six other uh, characters that had you know, rock and there's a sable and there's a road dog and there's an owl snow. Um, only seven of those actually came with cards, not all eight. So one of the Stone okay. Colds does not have a card in it. The other Stone Cold does. Uh, and um, these were also, to, to, uh, to based on my research, these were um, Kmart exclusives. You can only get them at Kmart. The, ba- the bears themselves came in a plastic container uh, uh, and it had the Kmart exclusive trading card logo on the cut on it. Mm-hmm. So they also did stuff that released in CVS stores. So when I was researching with Chuckster, he could have sworn that he got his at CVS, but I don't think his came with cards. Uh, and all the research that I did told me that they didn't come with cards, only the Kmart ones. This was also the era where WWF like it, it's really interesting the parallels because in the boom in the 80s it was you could find wwf merchandise anything and then here we go again in the attitude era you could do wwf merchandise anywhere like it was just oh it, yeah it was beyond beyond belief the amount of logoed wrestling product you could get out there no matter what it was so uh let's move on to the official card sets of 1999 i'm going to kind of lump these together you can break it down however you want the 1999 SmackDown set and then SmackDown Chromium. So what yep. can you tell us about these, some of the key cards or some of the differences? To my knowledge, these are a lot of them the same. It's just one of them is a Chromium also. Well, yes and no. So um, they had the regular SmackDown set that came out, which is a 72 card set. And then they did a Chromium version where they added 12 more cards, made it a 90 okay. card set. Uh, so it's, it's a 90 card set with new cards in it. Um, I think a keynote card in this one too, for especially this uh, a SmackDown one, is uh, it's a it's an early Hardy Boys trading yep. card in the set. And my favorite uh, part of that card is a uh, awesome Michael Hayes overweight right in the middle of it. And you know they also have an autograph card from this set too. Yep. Um, now the autographs is what the confusing part is uh, for both these releases. It's the same autograph card that was spread out over both releases. They had, my understanding, about a thousand cards that were signed. Uh, from each person, from each one, my understanding. Uh, could be wrong on that number. Um, it's hard to tell. We wouldn't know. Or maybe, no, actually not a thousand. I'm sorry. It was less than that. It was less than 500. So maybe 400. I, I looked at the website, so I'm going to go there right now. Um, but uh, they had the autograph cards. Um, obviously, you're not going to find the Chromium inserts in the Chromium release. Right. Duh. Uh, uh, yeah, 400, 400 of each card. That's right, 400. So that's spread out over two different uh, releases. I think what people seem to drop the ball on this set, though, on both these sets, are those 22 karat gold signature cards. You had uh, your normal uh, signature card, which was uh, six of them. 
there was a special bonus one that I try to remember where that came from. There was, uh, well, those were inserted in packs. There was a special edition one. So there's only six of the, the gold signatures. There's a Stone Cold Steve Austin special edition gold signature card that was not inserted in the packs and was released during the regular SmackDown release. Um, it, it, the gold signature cards will have like a facsimile autograph card in the front mm-hmm. kind of thing. But I didn't know about those upon initial release. I actually got mine from when Hank, who was the uh, co-president of the company, uh, at Comic-Con San Diego was selling off his personal collection and I bought his personal collection from there, uh, which got me all of the remaining uh, um, gold signature cards, including that special edition gold signature card, which right now there's no images up there, but I do have images of everything from this release. Okay. Um, and it's a, it's, they're both fun sets again, full, you know, no borders, full bleed, um, uh, thick card stock. Um, and it's just a cool chromium set. I mean, come on. So is this the is this the first official full Chrome set ever released for wrestling? Even though I, I know think, I know the people are going to come out there and say it's not tops Chrome. Doesn't matter. Here, doesn't here's matter. The thing about here's here's the thing about that. At that time, Comic Images and go back and listen to the uh, the interview with Alan Gordon. Comic Images was more widely distributed across more platforms than Tops was. They had licensing rights to put things in Targets, Walmart's, uh, comic book shops. You could find. Uh, comic images products in more locations and you could find tops. So then I would argue that who's bigger at that time, comic images or tops putting out their non-sport stuff. Yeah. It's an, and I understand a hundred percent the legacy of tops Chrome and I'm not going to, you know, not going to oh, deny not. that, but it's just something interesting to talk about. But I mean, uh, if you're going to be a snob about it and say, well, tops is a major brand name. So like that. Sure. Sure. It is. I absolutely 100%. No one's arguing that. But you can't discredit because Comic Games is being a, a small little company out of you know Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Uh, you, you can't you can't discredit them as like oh well you guys aren't a player you're not your name's not tops and you're you know now it's your your name's on Upper Deck or Bowman or you know Fleer. The, the, those names mean are irrelevant in the conversation of like were these widely available? They absolutely were, and they were highly collectible too. And now look at it, what we're doing right now. We're going back trying to figure out you know, $1,500, $2,000, you know, rock autograph card for crying out loud. And these cards are highly collectible, big time. And, to, uh, you know, some people also might want to nitpick that, you know, well, around the same time, WCW had Chrome cards. Well, they did, but they weren't a sure. full set. This is nope. a full, complete base set of Chrome. 100%. It's the first really all Chromium uh, wrestling card sets, to my knowledge. I'm sure someone's going to come out and try to argue that, but I'm still going to hold firm on SmackDown Chrome being the first all Chrome devoted to wrestling, uh, not including inserts or six card chase that are Chrome, uh, that kind of thing. Um, uh, it's it's a I think it's a really beautiful set. I, I really do. And the one uh, as we jump into 2000, we're going to kick things off with a very small thing: the the Access Fan Fest. Are these are like promos. There's only yeah. three cards in the set. If you could tell us anything about that real quick. Uh, from WrestleMania 2000, I actually have uncut sheets uh, here in the back room here. Interesting. In the um, they uh, used the bottom part of the Hot Wheels Chromium set that they put out that year to make room for these special oversized promo cards that they were going to, uh, it was only available at WrestleMania 2000. Um, and they're oversized in the sense that they're over seven inches by six inches in, in uh, dimensions. Um, there's three of them. There's a big show. There's a triple H and there's a rock. I've got a grip of the big show ones left over. I have a small amount of triple H ones and I have no extra rocks that wow. I'm willing to part with other than what I have on the uncut sheets in my personal collection. 
Rock so stuff still sells, even if it's an irregular size card. <laughs> I mean, even back then, we're talking in yeah. 2000 at the WrestleMania in Anaheim. Uh, what was significant about that, too, by the way, in 2000, not only were they giving away these oversized promo cards or, you know, they're basically called, you know, uh, fan fan fest, all access mm-hmm. promo cards. Um, it was also the debut of the raw deal card game. Yeah. Uh, they, they had a special WrestleMania exclusive stamped back, you know, a uh, different kind. And they were square shaped with no rounded corners, like the tip traditional trading uh, gaming cards they made after that. They were square and traditional trading card size. And they had a rock deck and a stone cold deck. And the decks were the same with, uh, um, really generic um designed to them it was almost like a, a like a early beta version of it and uh like it had like a picture it's called arm bar and it would show a guy doing arm bar then it would have like a leg drag but it's in a picture of doing arm bar uh it just it was just uh very crude with the dynamics and the, and the mechanics and how you play it mm-hmm. um uh being there so, I, so that was my first taste of seeing raw deal cards was in 2000 as well all right, continuing on into 2000, WWF No Mercy. Now, this is one that I am not as familiar with. Everything we've talked about up to this point, I've either purchased myself, I've had in collections, maybe I bought a pack or two when they came out originally, but this is kind of where I don't know as much about it. So what can you tell us about the No Mercy set? Fun set. You know, it's um, it's kind of a chromium type set. Uh, they call it, you know, uh, they, call, they called it a, is it foil. more of that that foil? Yeah, kind of? they call it. They, I think they call it silver coat. Okay. Um, yeah. And again, being being weird with the, the how they spell things too back in the day, we're still kind of coming out of the attitude era, basically, kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, but it's um, I, I think it's a cool, fun set. It uh, you know it it introduced uh, there's no no autographs, but it introduced uh, you know memorabilia cards, um, which I thought were kind of cool. Again, full bleed. No borders, thick card stock, obviously because they're memorabilia, you know, ring worn memorabilia stuff. But they put the memorabilia on the back of the card. I've never seen these. So, uh, you know, with Road Dog hat being the hardest because it was smaller material, um, you're going to find the ring mat. You're going to have the Jericho shirt, which is cool, and a DX shirt. Uh, but the the uh, the pieces are on the back of the card. It's very strange. It's very strange like that. And again, I don't have the links to the images up there yet. It's like that. It's a, it's a process. I, I have them all, uh, but I'll put them up there. And again, promo cards with a set. They put out promos with every other uh, set they put out, with the exception of you know uh, SmackDown Chrome. Um, but um, then they had a, a hardcore division, which is a, a championship polyfoil set, which is kind of cool. Um, but I think from a base set, people go after it. It's an early pro wrestling rookie card of Kurt Angle in this set. Yeah, that's right. Yep. I I saw uh, during the pandemic when everybody was kind of going back and digging into everything they have, they were pulling out that card. And I do remember seeing that Um, real quick on the relic cards, I guess technically would this be considered the first WWF relic cards? Cause I think, you know, this should beat Fleer to the punch on that. Uh, Yes, but it's not the first wrestling relic card. Right. Correct. But the, just yeah, the first WWF ones, or first e. WWF ones, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's not the but uh, the, the the first uh, uh, relic card goes to the Hogan ringside relics and tops and box at ninety nine. Mm-hmm. What's also significant about that is that that had been done in sports before, or, you know, uh, as far as you know, game worn stuff, but it had never been done in non sports at that point. And wrestling kind of walks that fine line where we can uh, debate all we want about non sport versus sport. 
but to me and to a lot of collectors out there, uh, I think that, uh, I know we're going off topic a little bit, but uh, that Hogan ringside rarity card becomes the very first official non-sport relic card ever introduced. Yeah, um, it's a it's a really important card, and I don't think people stop and think about some of these relic cards. And they don't. Yeah, and you, you can pick from this No Mercy one. You can pick off these cards for under twenty bucks a card. Hmm. Yeah, you I'm gonna really have to check these out with, especially with it being on the back. That's very interesting. So it's very it's, it is very interesting. And one thing I want to point as we I know we're going to be leaving the trading card aspect of comic images run and far as cards go. Uh, every release that uh, that comic images put out. I think collectors forget about as well as too, uh, is they all came with six up sheets that, that came inside an exclusive official binder as well. Comic images made yep. binders for all the releases. I have um, seen those. And I have several of them here in the store. Um, and uh, I, I think it's really cool. I think it's really cool when you have a company that puts out an official card binder, you know, it just kind of just puts it all in a neat little package for you where you have the sell sheet, you have the uh, un, you know a, a six up uncut sheet inside there. You have your promo card, you have your base set. You have any chase. You have your you know it's just all kind of in a neat little package as a collector. It's kind of cool to have. Anything else you want to touch on on No Mercy before we move on to kind of closing out comic images? Believe it or not, it's kind of kind of fun. I mean, they very short lived, man. You know, three years of you know ninety eight, ninety nine, two thousand. You know, three years of putting out trading cards, mm -hmm. but at the same time in two thousand, like we talked about from that uh, that access set, you know, they introduced what ended up going for another seven years, uh, the raw deal license. We're going to talk more about raw deal in just a moment. We got two more technically trading card releases that sure. are kind of a little bit oddball. The first being the rock solid, uh, that just an all rock trading card set. So let's get your opinion first off. What do you think? I know the the Rock is is, is bigger now than he was then, but yet mm -hmm. we're not seeing complete sets of the Rock being put out right now, regardless of what that would be—a movie or wrestling or whatever. So what do you like when this came out? What what was your initial thoughts of an entire wrestling card set where you can buy packs and boxes of the Rock? Yeah, it was it wasn't strange. well received. It wasn't well received uh, back then, and even Alan and I talked about that in an inter interview I did with him. It just wasn't well received. It kind of people sort of like again. He like you said, he wasn't as big then as he is now per se. I mean, he was a big name for the company. It was a big draw, but from a trading card perspective, it's kind of unheard of when you have a whole trading card set devoted to one particular superstar, especially when it's a full seventy-two mm -hmm. card set. You know, kind of thing. Yeah, not just a subset or something. I think what would have helped the set more was its initial. I mean, it had promos. It had your Hall of Foil Chase, which they were known for doing, but they were, it has a binder, an official card binder too, also a six a six card, what mm -hmm. they call it, uh, an up card up sheet. Um, they planned on having tattoos and official autograph cards for the set that never got uh, released. Um, the cards were made, and you can go online if you do your homework and actually just do a Google search for um, um, uh, the rock, you know, you punch in your information for, you know, comic images, rock autograph cards like that rock solid autograph card mm -hmm. you'll find images of them uh you'll even find images of them um, of one maybe two of them signed those are aftermarket though those were never signed by the rock at the time of the release and with the intention of sending it back to comic images it just never got done somebody got a hold of whatever low print runs these were done we're never going to know what the total print run is. Again, maybe that's something that Ron Ferrari can can help uh, clear up, uh, clear the air on. Um, but um, 
they were they were done. They were produced. I believe they're supposed to be an A one and A two and an A three. Um, it's you, you never. It's going to be hard to tell. Like what happened to them? Where did they go? Uh, why were they never returned? Um, you know, Alan Gordon says that he had had a letter, letter, an email at the time that came direct from Vince McMahon about this particular license that said that, hey, it's The Rock. We don't need to have autograph cards. It'll sell itself kind of thing. Um, but that's true or not. I don't know. Could be legend. Uh, who knows? But just I think like all the other wrestling card stories and lore that we've had up until this point. Sure. But it makes it fun to talk about it like that, you know, yeah. and there's some of us who like to dig deep and try to figure out, you know, what the reason was. And that's right. the reason we have right now. And that's the reason it sticks. And that's the reason that even Alan Gordon, the president and CEO of Comic Images, is sticking to. So, right. Yeah. I mean, unless you're just a completist or you're a rock super collector there, I don't think they're without those autographs and stuff. Um, not a lot to chase. I know, again, during the pandemic, people were going out and buying everything. And I saw a lot of people buying sealed boxes of these. And I'm sure. just like, like, but you know what, if we're going to be talking about Holy grails for rock cards, I can't imagine there's more than a half dozen of those things floating around yeah. at best at best. Right. So if you're, if you're like a super collector of the rock, I'm going to bet you don't have this card in your collection. Yep. An unsigned autograph card from this 2000 rock solid set. I'll bet you don't have one. And if you yep. do, my hat's off to you, man. It's, that's a tough, tough card to find. And closing out with an interesting one that you actually own, the 2000 WWF Divas promo trading card set, which to my knowledge never got released, correct? Never got released. It was uh, it was had every intention of being put out. It was on their design. Uh, and again, a full bleed card set was going to have autographs and, and all kinds of other fun little hollow chase like uh, Comic Games was known for. Um, it just never got done. There was a, became a licensing issue at the time uh, that the trading card side of the licensing, because people don't realize, uh, well, they had comp, they still had raw deal. That's not a trading card. It's a gaming license. That's a whole different license. Um, and uh, so they lost the trading card license to it. Um, I think sales became poor for them. I think at the time, I think it was just became an expensive license for them. You'd have to go back and, and listen to the interview with Alan, but uh, he kind of explained it from a more business standpoint as to why that kind of dropped. Um, and uh, that set never got released. Now, even back then, I didn't know about this set. And the reason I found out about it was because of Raw Deal. If you go to the very first release of Raw Deal, which premiere release, every starter deck for the superstars had a rule book to teach you how to play the game mm -hmm. at the very last pages of that, the back, the back, back two pages of it had an advertisement in there for rock solid set and a diva set that was supposed to come out. Rock solid came out, but diva set never did. And that was the only way I knew about it. And so when I inquired about it, I said, Hey, was this, there was a diva set you guys were putting out. Oh yeah. We never got it done. We made a small amount, like some early test, you know, promo cards, blah, blah, blah. Do you have any of those laying around? I'd love to get uh, you know images for that stuff and right. put on the on the on the website. You know what? At the he said, uh, Ron tells me he says, uh, you know what? We keep one of everything we've ever produced. We kept one copy. Um, so we have a copy of the promo cards. Let me scan them for archiving purposes. And since you're the big collector, I'll send you the set. And that's awesome. how I got my set. That's how I got my set. And to my knowledge, this date, uh, I was told like eight sets exist uh in total i don't know anybody who has a complete set i know a one maybe two other people that have one or two cards from this from that but i don't know anybody who has a complete set 
Um, so it's a super, super rare promo set uh, depicting early, I mean, Trish Stratus. Right. I mean, to Trish Stratus rookie, right? Because I, to my knowledge, she didn't really have her rookie card per se until 2001 art box lenticular cards. Yeah. So, and this is a, you know, yeah, technically it would be a card. So, yep. uh, and then moving on through 2000 through 2007, uh, based on what I know, it would be pretty much all raw deal stuff. Is that correct? It's all raw deal stuff. I mean, um, and that that's a whole story and segment we can talk about for a whole show by itself, right. but that license continued to go on all the way through 2007. Um, they put out multiple sets per year. They would put out uh, several major releases and they would put out like holiday releases and like little promo kit type stuff. There became tournaments that went, went on and, and some cards like autographs. Yes, folks, they made raw deal autograph cards that were only available through tournaments. You can get autographs of like Eddie Guerrero, JBL, Tori Wilson, uh, Stacy Keebler, uh, the super rare ones would be Triple H and Randy Orton. Only 10 of each of those were ever produced uh, and given away as prizes. Um, blank ones that people would turn around and go get signed. And I know there's a Stevie Richards one that he did for charity where he did like two or three of those for charity, just like that. But I don't really consider those to be like distributed, you know, for prizes and stuff like that. They were just done as a charitable thing. But, um, you know, they would put out like, your standard sets and they would feel like a best of what they call survivor series and survivor series two for a best of to kind of recap these group of years and a survivor series three in 2005 that kind of recouped some years. And then the game became kind of stale in sales. They tried to reinvent it by creating a new version of it called revolution that was still interchangeable with the previous ones. And I don't want to get into specifics because there's yeah. a lot of mechanics involved like that, but uh, I did an interview on an old Vela cards, uh, podcast talking about it, uh, about what the death of raw deal was. And it's kind of a difference of opinions on that, but the game itself was in decline for not every game, uh, CCG can, can, can live like Pokemon mm -hmm. magic, Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, those are sort of weird anomalies that just sort of lasted the test of, you know, the test of time. Most gaming ones have like a shelf life of a couple of years. Right. So for, for raw deal to last seven years, that's a pretty good run. Lasted longer the, than the trading card line. It did, absolutely. And to this day, the raw deal game is still played by lots of people all over the world. Um, you know, as, as one of the biggest sellers on the planet at the time of selling raw deal through Bella cards, um, you know, I, I had every card that was ever, you know, released by them. I had a copy of every card, at, at, you know, a master set of it. Uh, including all the autographs, with the exception of I did not have a Triple H. I had a Randy Orton, but I didn't have a Triple H. Um, and it was just, uh, um, it was a fun game, and it still lives to this day. Guys still play in what's called virtual format. Guys, Yep, I've seen can, some have, of that. They've created this game where you can download your own and print your own cards and characters from today or characters that never got printed back in the day. Like there was never, there was never a Brett the Hitman heart, so they made those kind of things, and it's become fun for those guys to continue to keep creating and playing. So the game has lasted longer in virtual format than it did as an actual license. Also interesting note. <laughs> so it, it ran from 2008 to current to here we are in 2023. And it still is like wave series 16 now, I think it's like that. Jeez. It's, uh, it's just uh, these guys have done an incredible job in keeping the game alive. Uh, people get interested. And even when it was, the game was no longer in print, 
I, I supply I supplied all the prizes at Gen Con, which is the largest gaming convention in the world, draws over a hundred thousand attendees um in Indianapolis. I supplied uh, all the prizes, autographs and title belts and pay-per-view chairs that were signed by people for 10 straight years. I provided uh, prizes um, with the intent of one, keeping people engaged and wanting to uh, play the game and giving something to come play. And two, from a business standpoint, oh, Bellacard supplied all these prizes. I'm going to buy all my stuff from Bellacard. So right. it was worth it to me. But, you know, Comic Convention had a good run. Um, you know, they, they got into, uh, heavily into the plush toy business after that started doing backpacks like Star Wars license, doing like, you know, Chewbacca and R2-D2 and Yoda backpacks and doing plush toys from different licensings. Uh, and then sort of just went away. I still I think they went away a long time ago. They actually were around since 2016 or 17. Oh yeah. I thought they were, I knew they were doing other licenses after WWF, but I thought it was, I didn't know they kept going that long. Yeah. I think when I look back at comic images from a wrestling card standpoint, I think that 1998 set people are going to go to because there's so much in there. Like you, you know, we talked about the Steve Austin, the rock base cards. We talked about the autograph cards. We talked about the Steve Austin chromium, which is more like a foil set that's in there. And it's got some really cool images. And, and then you've got kind of, you know, the fact that they're hard to grade. So that's like another element of chase, like finding the high grade copies then you've got the stories behind the autographs. What is real? What is not? What was returned? Yeah. What it was not? You know, it's just, I think that 1998 is kind of what people in the wrestling card space are going to consistently remember about this company. But um, anything else you want to say about comic images before we get out of here? I, I love them as a company. They were very, um, my relationship them with them was uh, uh, very good because they were so good to me and they were so excited to see that there was a uh, a small market out there, people who were getting into wrestling cards and that somebody was, you know, myself being passionate enough to want to get information. Like I wanted things to be accurate. I want to know what it was I was looking for. I wanted to know what it was that I found and what I had, um, you know, things in the early days of eBay and finding things on eBay, like, wait a second. I don't remember that being on the checklist of things like, yep. where did this Undertaker card come from? Oh, yeah. Well, we actually had like 20 people who were like, well, why didn't you tell me that before when we talked? And they were always so good to me and uh, of giving me information about cards. And I will stand on that. I will die on that hill that uh, comic images and that uh, superstar set. I don't care if it came out shortly after or before, whatever it was the WCW, that's what kind of catapulted and pushed uh, wrestling cards. You know what? I'll lump the two together. I'll put uh, WCW Top Series 1 and that together. That 98 year of those two releases from those two companies is what pushed modern-day wrestling to where it is today. Because, you know, when Comic Image was doing some unique things that never got done before, it was on a smaller scale and the size of their sets what they were offering then Fleer gets that license in 2001 well late 2000 throughout their first set 2001 wrestlemania mm-hmm. uh and then just kind of like really exploded things and like check out these cool memorabilia cards pieces of the, of the broken table and trash cans and ribbons and face paint and uh autographs on maps and kiss cards and yep. it's just and it really you know it took a, many years for even tops and now panini to kind of go Hey, we're putting out some cool relic cards that haven't really been seen since the Fleer days in the early 2000s. Right. They were ahead of their time, man. And Comic Images was that 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 uh, little window that got opened up and someone said, nah, fuck this window. I'm going and knocking the door in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was just, um, it, Comic Images was good for the hobby, man. It's um, 
sad that they were gone. Um, they're more than just a footnote in the hobby. I think that they are a very important part, uh, especially for early careers. Notably, of course, obviously Stone Cold and Rock from those early years. But let's also not forget we had stuff in there from China and Triple H and, uh, you know, um, you know, those factions at time to Sable and things like that. And Edge, Christian and Kurt Angle, you know, uh, uh, early cards of Taz, uh, things like that. I mean, this is all from that same time frame right there where these are early, early versions of their cards and um, collectors should go after them. I think they're uh, highly collectible and are only going to increase in value over time. As always, WTCWrestlingTradingCards.com is the resource for everything we've talked about today. If there's a specific person you collect and you want to know what they had in these sets, just go check it out. Uh, maybe there's, you know, some, you want to read a little bit deeper into some of the rumors or speculation or exclusivities of some of the stuff we've talked about. Again, WrestlingTradingCards.com, just search comic images, whatever year you're looking for, whatever mm -hmm. talent, and have some fun and make sure you tell everybody about the website. Tony, besides WrestlingTradingCards.com, oh, wait, that's where everybody can find you. I'll let you pick <laughs> it up from there. That's where they can find us, man. Uh, I think it's on WTC, man. All of our social media handles are on the bottom of every single page. Uh, you can get access to the Discord channel, which is, it's not a WTC Discord channel. It's, it really is just a wrestling cards mm -hmm. Discord channel because you made me know that there was no there was no dedicated Discord channel to that so created right. one, um and uh it's not as you know superly active but there's some there's some activity going there and stuff like that but um yeah I mean uh, articles you know uh, on the site um all of our uh, YouTube episodes are on the on the site as well um it's it's an evolving site man it's just it keeps growing uh the community has been really helpful and and um and maintaining it by providing information and checklists uh, i'm super grateful to everybody over the years who's, who've helped uh, make that site what it is um including companies like comic images comic right. images uh fleer tops in the early days were all very open to communicating with me uh and david porto in the early years of uh giving us information to help us you know clarify some things and 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 get that uh you know, put down on a place that otherwise I think would be just lost, you know, um, there's, it's a, uh, it's sad that certain aspects of the hobby of, uh, you know, print runs and uh, production issues and rumors that are, that may never get solved. Uh, but as they do get solved, we like to kind of have a place to archive that. And that's what we're there for. You can find everything I'm on Wrestling With Cards on YouTube, Wrestling With Cards, the podcast, at Zan Morning on all social platforms. Everything Tony spoke about, everything I've spoke about, where you can find us, links in the show notes if you're watching this on YouTube or if you're listening, whatever platform it is. Please subscribe, whether it's on YouTube or the audio-only podcast platform, wherever you're listening. If you are on a podcast platform, please leave a review. If you dig us, leave us that five-star review. It helps push this show out to more wrestling fans and more trading car collectors. And hey, speaking of that, tell a friend, tell a collector, tell a wrestling fan that doesn't collect. Anybody that you think that would appreciate the story of comic images or these early rock and stone cold cards or anything else we've talked about today or in the archives. We've got you know well over 100 episodes now in the archives that you can go check out. And we're just going to hopefully keep going and keep providing entertainment information to the best of our ability and hoping that it helps you guys as you journey through your navigating world of the hobby. Hey, so with that said too, by that, with that said, you know, um, I, I don't plug it enough on this show for some reason. I don't know why I gotta get better at that, but you know, I'm also the owner here of the wrestling guy store in Phoenix. 
So if you guys are in the Arizona area and ever want to come in, I carry cards here too. You want to come in, you want to talk wrestling cards with me? Hell yeah, I'd love to do that. I've got, uh, I, I feel really, while sales and building up the customer base, is, I'm trying to do that right now, um, uh, is, is a struggle. It's a struggle. Yeah. I, I love the process. I don't like the side effects, uh, but the process is fun. Um, I said from the very beginning, early on in this podcast, on my own, on any other podcast, uh, that one of my goals for this store was to get more people into trading cards, wrestling cards. And I feel very good about the fact that I've got a couple of people in the last couple of weeks now, after, you know, finally, that are like, you know what? These are cool. Like, I've never collected cards before, and now they're collecting cards. One of them being a, 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 a female customer who is here to support her boyfriend who collects figures, and she wants to be part of it. And so she got some cheap packs of those Panini cards from the UK. And pick up a binder. And she's like, you know what? I love opening the packs. I love trying to see who I get. Like, I can, I can get into this. And you're going to be my go-to guy to help guide me on what to buy. And now she's hooked on wrestling cards. And I love that. That is one of my goals. And I feel like I'm succeeding. <laughs> yep. Everything that we've talked about, everything we've worked on, like that, that is the payoff right there. Yep. So if you're in the Arizona area and you want to come in and talk, talk wrestling, you want to talk wrestling cards, you know, come on in here, man, and check us out. If you want to sort some cards for free while you're talking wrestling, Tony <laughs> will put you to work. I'll put you to work. I've already got Nick over here uh, doing stuff from the crazy car club. I got him over here, uh, you know, sorting cards for me. He's like, hey, I like doing this. And I go, good, because I hate it. You can do it, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We thank you guys for listening again. Please subscribe. Leave us a review. Tell a friend about the show. Keep collecting wrestling cards because it's fun. And it's a, you know, here we are going back and talking about cards from you know, 20 years ago, approximately. And the, the, these same cards still have lifeblood. People still talk about them because oh, yeah. this is a never ending hobby. It's just, it just keeps going. We learn more, we'll have more fun and we're building the community more every single day. So anything else before we get out of here? Have you got anybody listening? If you got, I want to direct message me like that. And you got questions about comic images stuff, hit me up, man. I, uh, I love talking about that era, especially. So yeah, that's it. But other than that, you know, typically I like to say, Wrestling cards rule because wrestling cards do rule. And comic images rule too. That's right. Until next time, we'll see you.